among us. Your word has free course all over the nations of the world. Your word is glorified. Metali de bendele de bosha kele de brina katolo de bambra nanglene mangle de boroko to sekele de brinanga lida bana katon de konkolo de bia nagaga ege boja kele de brina hatania. In the name of Jesus, Father, we rejoice that we have the privilege to come before your word. And we come before your word humbly and respectfully tonight. And we come with expectation and desire to grow in the knowledge of Christ. So I pray for everybody connected to the service tonight that revealed knowledge is granted your people. Veils full of clarity comes by the teaching of the word. And we we decree prophetically that the word is growing mightily over the nations of the earth and over the hearts of men and women. And we decree that everything that is contrary to the finished work of Christ is collapsing and giving way to the truth that is only found in Jesus Christ. And we rejoice that by the end of the service tonight, we'll all be built up edified, equipped, and Jesus will be glorified. Thank you for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name and every believer says a powerful amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our feet together as we say these words. I am born of God. I am born of the word. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus name. And every believer says a powerful amen. We want to welcome everybody connected to the service tonight by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and everybody in Aquaibom State that is connected right now by way of Comfort FM and XLFM. It's a joy to have all of you connected to the service tonight. Hey, listen, do me a favor. Call somebody, call some family, call some friends, ask some people you know in Aquaibom here to tune into this, you know, Comfort FM right now so together we can study the word of His grace. And I want to appeal to those on social media like like we did yesterday, help me pick the video, share it on all the various groups on your page, every group on your page, throw it into telegram, you know, monogram, telegram, uh, anything gram, then take the videos, put them on, you know, WhatsApp and anywhere human beings are, let's flood the blue marble planet with the fragrance of Jesus' grace. And I want to thank you for doing it tonight for me again, so we can get Jesus manifested all over the nations of the earth. All our house centers and campuses, it's a joy to have every one of you connected to the service. Grab your notebook, your pen, and your Bible, which your sweet smart self, you can be seated in the heavenlies. Amen. Glory to God. <clears throat> Glory to God forevermore. Whoa, are you ready for the word tonight? <clears throat> We're still looking at the legal and the vital work of salvation. The legal and the vital work of salvation. And I'm going to be reading from the same scripture we've been reading. Hebrews chapter 2 from verse 1 to 4. Hebrews chapter 2 from verse 1 to 4. Therefore, we ought to give the more energy to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them sleep. Next verse. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed by them or unto us by them that heard him. Next verse. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Glory to God. All right. <clears throat> we have seen also in the course of this teaching that a lot of people, when they hear salvation, they think of a sinner's prayer to be saved. That's the only idea they have about salvation. But you see, brother, Paul's depth of understanding of the things of God was as touching salvation. Look at the book of Second Peter, chapter 3, verse number 15. 2 Peter, chapter 3, verse 15. Because Peter began to talk about brother Paul. An account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. So he says that the long suffering of our God is salvation. He had mentioned long suffering in verse 9. Look at it, Second Peter chapter 3 verse 9. 
The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness. But is long suffering to us word. Not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. But that all should come to repentance. So God's long suffering is described in verse 15 as salvation. That is God's allowance or God's permit to everyone. That is that the long suffering there is the mercy of God. How God is open to all. How God endures with all. And how God is willing to save everybody. God is open to all. God endures with everybody. And God is willing to save everybody. And if anybody tells you God has some people he has chosen to save. And some people he has chosen not to save. They have not understood the Bible yet. Because the Bible says in Second Peter 3.15. He says, put it up again for me. That account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you. Please pay attention. He means that Paul's epistles were epistles of salvation. Brother Paul's letters and writings were letters of salvation. Of course, with a greater depth and understanding. So Peter says, look at that Second Peter chapter 3 verse 16. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 16. As also in all his epistles. Speaking in them of these things. In the which are some things hard to be understood. Which they that are unlearned and unstable rest. As they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. So without much ado, it's very clear that when I take the epistle of Peter, it agrees with the Pauline epistle. It takes, if, if I take it side by side, you will find out that when I read, brother Paul's epistles will have more depth, more depth than brother Peter's epistle. Remember Peter says, brother Paul spake things that are hard to be understood. Meaning that there is more depth in the writing of brother Paul where salvation is concerned than in the letters of Peter. So Paul's explanation and Paul's teachings was actually concerning salvation. That is the depth that brother Paul had differed from Peter and the other apostles. And that debt was salvation. What is salvation? God's plan for humanity. God's plan for humanity. Salvation is God's plan for humanity. The revelation of the scriptures as touching God's plan for humanity. That is salvation. The revelation of the scriptures as touching God's plan for humanity. Now pay attention. Colossians chapter 1 verse 25. Colossians chapter 1 verse 25. Whereof? I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. 26. Even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations hid from ages and from generations but now is made manifest to his saints. The mystery is made manifest to his saints. Next verse. To whom God will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So he said that there were things not known from generation to generation. Remember, when he says they were not known, it's not as if Paul got them from the moon or from the sun. It means as they were prophesying, the prophets of old, both major and minor prophets, the, the, the prophets and the people did not understand what they were saying. Look at the way brother Peter will put it in First Peter chapter 1 verse 10. <clears throat> First Peter chapter 1 verse 10. 
Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Next verse. They prophesied of salvation. But after they prophesied, they started searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand. The sufferings of Christ and the glory that shall follow. Next verse. Unto whom it was revealed. It was revealed to them that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you, which the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. Which things even the angels desire to look into. So both the prophets and the people didn't understand what they were saying. Even the angels desire to look into what the prophets were prophesying. Jesus said, if you observe carefully, Jesus also gave credence to what Peter was saying here in the book of Luke chapter 10 verse 24. Luke chapter 10 verse number 24. For I tell you, that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them. And to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. Which people desire to see those things? Prophets and kings. Remember, eyes have not seen, nor ear heard. Neither have it occurred to the heart of man the things that God had prepared for those whom he loves. But, but, from generation and from ages, Things they didn't know. Prophets and kings desire to see the things that you see now and to hear the things that you hear. Eyes haven't seen them. Now, stay with me. Now, so Paul, as you have seen, didn't come up with a doctrine like we taught, you know, in understanding the book of Galatians. If you followed me in the course of teaching, the book of Galatians, I took time to do a lot of foundational work on the gospel of brother Paul, the Pauline theology. It's a teaching series, understanding the book of Galatians. You know, and we established that all that Paul taught was within the scriptures. Within the scriptures. He had revelation and he had an explanation of the meaning of the scriptures. That is that Christ is the explanation of all things. That Christ is the explanation of all things. Look at Second Corinthians chapter 2 verse 16. Second Corinthians, I mean First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 16. The same First Corinthians 2 16. For who had known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. We have the revelation of Christ. Or we have the understanding of Christ. Or we have the interpretation of Christ. We have the understanding or the revelation or the interpretation of Christ. That's the mind of Christ. Now, so in Colossians 1, 25 and 26, he says to us, These things were hidden from generations. These things were hidden from generations and from ages. In Colossians where we read, They were hidden from generations and from ages. Kings desired but couldn't see Prophets prophesied, but didn't understand what they were saying. Eyes couldn't see, ears couldn't hear. Neither has it occurred to the hearts of men, the things that God has prepared for those whom he loves. Look at the way brother Paul will communicate the same thoughts to the church in Ephesus. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 1. Ephesians chapter 3 verse number 1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. Next verse. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words. He made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words. Next verse, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge. Where? In the mystery of Christ. When you read, you may understand my knowledge. So mystery is not washing of leg with water. Mystery is not handkerchief. 
Mystery is not anointing oil. There's no mystery in those things. That's why Brother Paul took time to explain what he means by mystery. When you read, you may understand. So the mystery is in the writings of the Old Testament that you now read and by the New Testament, the Old Testament is revealed. The mystery. Whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. <clears throat> now, so he carries the same thought to Ephesus. And this is what Paul taught, which Peter summarizes as the salvation of our Lord, which is long-suffering. So salvation is beyond just that confession that people make on the altar when they answer to the altar because salvation is far, far beyond that. It is a lack of understanding of that salvation or what salvation really is that makes people think you can be saved today and lose it tomorrow. <laughs> it's a lack of understanding. That makes somebody think, I can be saved today, I can change my mind tomorrow. It means you have not understood. And I believe that if in the body of Christ, we will teach a lot more on the finished work, the redemptive sacrifice, what Christ has done, all that confusion on losing salvation will jump out of the church through the back door. Why? Because when you really get overwhelmed with what Christ did, there is nothing like fear of losing salvation. Because what Christ did was more than enough. More, much, much more than enough. It is just because it has not been taught enough. And there's a lot of negative things out there. That's why many people are afraid that they may lose salvation. And they come up with slogans like, My prayer for you is that you make heaven at last. You don't make heaven at last. You make heaven at first. The day you received Christ was the day you made heaven. You're raised up together with him, quicken with him, and you are made to sit together with him right now in the heavenlies. Brother Paul said, our citizenship right now is in heaven. Our citizenship right now is in heaven. We are seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. So it's not heaven at last. It's heaven at first. The moment you receive Christ, you make heaven. Because Jesus makes heaven heaven. See that? So the moment you receive Christ, but when people are not well taught... They begin to pray on schooled prayers and uneducated prayers and unintelligent prayers. So again, it's lack of understanding. The Bible makes it clear in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Look at it. Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 8. For by grace are ye saved. Did you observe? He didn't say for by grace we are ye saved. Not we are ye saved. For by grace are ye saved? That's a state of being. For by grace are ye saved. A state of being. And a man that is saved, if that is his state in Christ. He writes to people in Christ. The benefits that they have in Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith. Put it up again. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Saved by grace. Saved by grace. Why? That is the state where the saved finds himself. So he now writes to believers to explain to them the benefits of that salvation. So brother Paul's insight was about salvation and the Bible itself. The Bible itself is a book of salvation. God's redemptive plan. The Bible is a book that contains God's redemptive plan. So every time you read the Bible, outside this fact, you will, fa you will fall into human error. Every time you read the Bible, outside of salvation. Every time you read the Bible, outside of salvation, you will fall into human error. Where you begin to interpret things and scenarios on its own. But remember that the Bible says no prophecy of the scripture stands on its own. Nothing stands on its own. Everything in the Bible must be interpreted together. From Jacob to Joseph must all be interpreted in Christ. From, you know, Abraham to Jacob to Joseph. You know, to all the prophets, it must all be explained, you know, interpreted together in Christ. Everything from the law to the prophets must be interpreted 
from a singular binding of the Bible. The man, Christ Jesus. From a singular binding of the entire 66 books. The man, Christ Jesus. Who is very clear in the Bible. The Bible says he is the savior, the savior. Titus chapter 2 verse 11. Titus chapter 2 verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. The grace of God. It's by that that we interpret the Bible. By the grace of God that bringeth salvation. It's on that premise that we interpret the Bible. You know, recently we began to look at the feast of the Jews in the last few days. The beauty of Bible study is to have the revelation of redemption as taught by Paul, taught by the other apostles, and then you go to the Old Testament and then get the meaning out of what is there. That's the beauty of Bible study. You look at what the apostles taught, then standing on that on that platform, you now navigate through the Old Testament to bring out the meanings that were concealed in the mysteries of the Old Testament. Now, please pay attention. First Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7 again. First Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. Porch out therefore the old living, that you may be a new lump, as you are unliving. As you are unleavened. Alright? Now, when he said you are unleavened, it means you are without sin. Without sin. That means that a man that is born again is without sin. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So in Christ he says, we are without sin. In Christ Jesus, the believer is without sin. Look at that First Corinthians 5, 7 again. Please pay attention. 5, 7 First Corinthians. Watch out therefore the old living, that you may be a new lump, as you are unliving, without sin. For even Christ, our Passover, Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Two things. Number one, Christ is our Passover. Number two, Christ is sacrificed for us. Two things. Christ is our Passover. Number two, Christ is sacrificed for us. So, Passover does not refer to sacrifice. Because Passover is security. Passover is immunity. Passover is not sacrifice. So, Christ our security. Or, Christ the one that does not allow evil into our lives. Or Christ that immunizes us from the attacks of the enemy. Or Christ that secures us from harm and evil and does not allow the enemy into our lives have been sacrificed for us. Have been sacrificed for us. So he says, Christ, our Passover is sacrificed for us. That is He is our Passover and He is also our sacrifice. He is our Passover and He is also our sacrifice. Please stay with me. He is our atonement. It speaks of sacrifice made on our behalf. So, while Passover speaks of our shield, the immunity that we have, Our sacrifice is the atonement on our behalf. So he says, Christ, our immunity is sacrificed for us. So from that point, we got to when Jesus got to the table. Please pay attention. When Jesus got to the table, in Luke chapter 22, where brother Paul took his text from. Now let's read brother Paul first. 
First Corinthians 11.25 I mean 23 First Corinthians 11.23 Please pay attention For I have received of the Lord Jesus Or of the Lord That also or that which also I delivered unto you That the Lord Jesus the same night In which he was betrayed Took bread Next verse And when he had given thanks He broke it and said, take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Pay attention. Next verse. After the same manner. That's a place to underline. After the same manner also. Which manner? After the same manner. Which manner? The manner of Passover. After the same manner, the manner of Passover. That means Jesus followed the protocol on the table. Jesus took the four cups, the unleavened bread, the bitter herbs, and all the spices. Then while he took the first cup, the second cup, by the fourth cup, he now said to them, I will not drink this cup with you until that day in my father's kingdom. And that cup is the cup of restoration. Where he said, I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. Union with God. Where he said, I go to my father, your father, my God, your God. Union. The fourth cup of restoration. So in that table, in Luke chapter 22, when Jesus said, this is my body. The simple way to look at it is to think. That's a simple way. The simplistic way to look at it is to think that Jesus was saying from this day forward this is my body. But that's not what he said. That's not what he said. That bread cannot be his body. That cannot be his body. Alright? So, but that's a simplistic way to think about it. Now, please pay attention. When Jesus came on that table, that Passover table. He didn't change things. He he operated on existing protocol. He didn't interfere with the process. He did exactly what they have been doing from Exodus 12. He only came to submit to what they were doing. That means nothing changed. Why didn't he change anything in that in that entire operation? Matthew 5:17. Matthew 5:17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. I have not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. When you change the procedure and the protocol, you have destroyed it. When you change the procedure and the protocol, You have destroyed it. Jesus said, I have not come to change the law. I have come to fulfill. Now the word fulfill means, I have come to meet its requirements. I have come to supply its requirements. So when he said, this is my body, he was not changing anything. From Exodus chapter 12, That which they were to eat was his body. That's how they have always said it. From Exodus, this is his body and this is his blood. This is his body and this is his blood. So when he also came, he said, okay, the his is me. So this is my body and this is my blood. He didn't change anything. He didn't add anything. He just maintained the existing protocol because he came not to carve out a new way. He came to fulfill the existing one. So he observed protocol. Please stay with me. He wasn't saying from this day, this is my body. No. That is how it has always been from Exodus 12. When the Passover was instituted, that Passover they killed was Jesus in metaphor or Jesus in types. From the mind of God, what God was communicating to them by the Passover was Jesus. This is my body broken for you. 
Now look at the next statement. Let's read it. Luke 22, 18. Please stay with me. Luke 22, verse 18. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. Next verse. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave unto them saying, This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. This do in remembrance of me. When he said, this do in remembrance of me, he was not asking for a memorial service. Armed Forces Remembrance Day. The reason why you are doing Armed Forces Remembrance Day is because those armed forces are in the grave. Jesus is not in the grave. He can be asking for a memorial service. He can be asking for memorial service. You only do a memorial service for the dead. But he is alive. Glory to God. He is alive. So what does he mean by the word remembrance? Since that word remembrance is not English, it's Bible word. The word remembrance there means with the understanding of me. With the understanding of me. That's where you get the word understanding. So, this do in the understanding of me. Because in John 5.39, he told them, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of me. Glory to God. Are you in the building? So, what Jesus was saying to them is, This feast is about me. This thing you've been doing from Exodus till now, it's about me. On that table, everybody was quiet. Because unlike other times, nobody asks questions. You know, every time Jesus spent time with the disciples, they were always asking questions. But in this particular event, nobody asks questions. This do in remembrance of me. Then, he wasn't saying from this day henceforth, I'm going to die. And my memorial service shall be. That's not what he was saying. He wasn't saying, I'm about to die. Please, make sure you keep memorial. Please, every time, very often, do memorial. Don't forget me. Please, don't forget me. You see what I'm going to go through on your behalf? Please, don't forget me. That is why many people think that's what they think he said. So that's why when they are doing the so-called branded communion, they cry. Ooh, ooh, because they are remembering a dead man. Because in their hearts, he is still in the grave. So they are doing a memorial for a Christ that died and couldn't help himself. When they think of his suffering and how he is still suffering, they cry for him. For many, it is a ritual of the dead. That's what many people think. And that's why they sing all those, you know, those uh, this, uh, uh, morning song. Because the man in their head is still in the grave. Uh, they are doing memorial armed forces remembrance day. <laughs> so people come to church to eat holy communion to remember dead Jesus. Jesus that is still in the grave. Maybe by eating of it he will wake up. Memorial. What he meant is do this with me in mind. This is the New Testament in my blood. This is the New Testament. I'm about to birth a new creation. I'm about to birth a new testament. I'm about to birth a new way of living. I'm about to birth a new way of intimacy and fellowship with God. So when you are eating this, have it in mind that something is about to shift. Something is about to change. And when I rise from the dead, 
We will drink the cup of restoration. My father will be your father. My God will be your God. Have that understanding. Glory to God. I say glory to God. Cast your minds on me. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 26. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the lost death till he comes. You do show what is you do show? The word to show means to preach or to proclaim. You preach or you proclaim. To show means you are proclaiming the lost death till he comes. You are you do show, you do proclaim, you do preach the lost deaths. So from Exodus 12 till that table in Luke 22, they were preaching the lost deaths till he comes. Today, we are not preaching the lost death. They were to proclaim the lost death till he comes. Today, we are not proclaiming the lost death. Stay with me. You proclaim, you show. You are announcing the lost death till he comes. So let us look at it two ways. When Paul said, as often as you eat this bread, which is Passover, you show the lost death till he comes, he was saying... Let me not give you the answer. Let me leave it for you to think about. Was he talking about the incarnation or the rapture? You do show the lost death till he comes. Which coming? Incarnation or rapture? Keep it somewhere. Think about it. Because once you settle what the come is, it is easy for you to be able to understand what I'm just talking about. You do proclaim. You do announce the lost death till he comes. Which comes? Incarnation or rapture? Think about that. Because in a few minutes it will be clear. Because Christ has come. And Christ has come as the substance of the practice. He has come as the substance of the practice. The Passover was not a ceremony that started after Jesus died. So if Jesus came to fulfill the law, it means he came to bring the ceremonies of the law to a conclusion. It goes without saying that the ceremony of the Passover lost that ceremonial relevance. The ceremony of the Passover lost that ceremonial relevance when the essence of the ceremony came, the essence of the ceremony came, died, fulfilled it. It lost its relevance. The essence of that ceremony came, died, fulfilled it. Look at Luke 24, 25. On the way to Emmaus, Jesus now spent time to teach the disciples after resurrection. And he said unto them, O fools, slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. You know you are not likely to see the person of Jesus from Genesis. That's why John called him the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of man. And the light shines in darkness. And the darkness cannot comprehend it. The darkness cannot comprehend it. The word in the beginning was the word. Is in the beginning was the logos, the logic. In the beginning 
was the thinking pattern of God. The thought of God. It implies a thought pattern, a reason, a substance of something. A thought pattern beyond the action, the reason for something. Jesus is the reason behind the action. All the actions, whether it is olive oil, whether it is bread and ribena or tasty time or living bread, Jesus was the ideology behind it. He was the thought. He was the reason. He was the intent. He was the design. He was, he was, he was the plan. He was the motive behind all things. He was. What he's saying here is that if you go to the scriptures, this ceremony is for me. This ceremony is about me. I am the word in the scriptures. I am the thought in the scriptures. I am the very essence of why these practices were done. So Luke 24, 44. Look at it. Luke 24, 44. Kabato Belitian. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you. That all things must be fulfilled. Kabayada. Does it include the Passover? Yes. All things must be fulfilled. Which were written. Was the Passover not written in the law of Moses? Which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms. Concerning me, I am the fulfillment of the rituals. All things must be fulfilled. And it includes the Passover. So when he was with, 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 you know, when he was with them, he was telling them that all these things will be fulfilled by his death, burial, and resurrection. So when he went on that table, that table, you know, we've been on that table for, for a long time now. And the reason why I'm taking time on this is because this has been the final, the final thing to take care of in the body of Christ. Oil is gone since. Oil is gone. You've all agreed that there's nothing in that bottle. Oil is gone. Water baptism is gone. The only one that they are still struggling with, let's collect it. So they can see Christ. So they can see Christ. So when he went on that table and told them, take it. This is for you. He was telling them that, look, I am bringing all the ceremonies to a conclusion. All. By the actual sacrifice himself. If you observe that, look 24-45. He now after telling them that all the rituals were to be fulfilled by him, Luke 24, 45, he now opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Glory to God. Now, Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. Glory to God. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Triumphing over them in it. Stay with me. Look at the next verse. Woo! Uh, 16. Let no man therefore judge you in meat. What is meat? Eating and drinking. Food. Or in drink. Or in respect of a holy day or the new moon or of the Sabbath days. These are the things a Jew will hold on to. This is very strong in Judaism. You don't play with these things brother Paul is dealing with here now. Meat, drink, Sabbath day, Sabbath, Sabbath, Jews, Judaism, on Saturdays, they do nothing. They sit down in the synagogue throughout the whole day. They are observing a day. A day. Because they are still in the shadows. So both those observing a day and those eating and drinking and those swimming, they are in the same room. Those observing a day 
and those eating and drinking and those swimming are in the same category. That's why Brother Paul categorized them now. Put it up again. <laughs> Verse 16. I love Brother Paul. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. I'm about to destroy some demonic things here now. Holiday includes feast of first fruits, feast of unliving bread, feast of Pentecost. All those are holidays. So he says, let nobody judge you. Okay? Look at verse 17 now. Which are a shadow. Which are a shadow. So, the oil, the holidays, Pentecost, first fruits, all of them, including the wine, the unliving bread, all of them are a shadow of the things to come, but the body is Christ. The substance is of Christ. The essence is of Christ. So when he said, show the Lord's death till he comes, what he was saying is, the substance is coming. The substance of these ceremonies, which are an announcement of the coming of the Lord, the substance of it is coming. On the arrival of the substance, the practice should be on retirement. So, from the Jews to the death of Jesus, they were showing the Lord's death till he comes. We are not doing that today. We are no more showing the Lord's death. He is not in the grave. He's alive. Oh, he lives in my heart. You are not showing the lost death. When the Jews were doing that, they were preaching the lost death by practice. That Christ will come. He will die. Hmm? He will be our Passover till he comes. So the substance of the Passover has come. So there's no showing the lost death anymore. No showing the lost death anymore. There's no preaching the lost death anymore. What we preach today is the lost resurrection. The resurrection. The revelation of Christ. Who has come. Who has died. Who was buried. But on the third day, he rose and gave back to a new testament that produced a new creation. And the new creation came with new tongues. New, new, new. Glory to God, which we call the gospel. Brother Paul announced it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 3. Let's start from verse 1. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preach unto you, which also you have received, wherein you stand. What is this gospel? Give me verse 3 because of time. How? For I delivered unto you first of all, that which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried. Next verse. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Look at Romans chapter 4 verse 25. Who was delivered for our offenses. And was raised. That's the gospel. It is the resurrection that we preach. Because it is the resurrection that is our justification. We don't preach the lost death. We preach his resurrection. First Corinthians 15.14 Glory. And if Christ be not risen. Then is our preaching vain. And your faith is also vain. So what do we preach? We preach his resurrection. Anything that is not the resurrection of Christ is a vain message. It's a useless, inoperative waste of time. That message. Because it is the resurrection that justifies. It is the resurrection that gives life. So we are not showing the lost death. We are showing his resurrection. Look at verse 17. First Corinthians 15, 17. And if Christ be not raised, 
Your faith is vain. You are yet in your sins. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Romans 1.16 For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. How do you get born again? Believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and that God has raised him from the dead. Not that he died. Mm -mm. Salvation is in the resurrection. So we are not showing the death. We are showing the resurrection. That is what carries life. Look at Colossians 2.18 to 20. Near to Latata. I'm enjoying myself. Let no man beguile you. Let no man hoodwink you. Let no man manipulate you. And let no man lobby you. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshipping of angels. Any worship that you are involved with the law of Moses, you are in angelic worship. Intruding into those things which he had not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Next verse. Hey, pay attention. And not holding the head. Who is the head of the church? Uh, you are not holding Christ, but you are holding bread and ribina. You are not holding Christ, but you are holding olive oil. Somebody say, no, I am holding the two of them. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve two masters. You can't hold bread and hold Christ. Christ is the living bread. You can't hold the living bread and bakery bread. If your eye is double, your body will be full of darkness. If your eye is single, your body will be full of light. A double-minded man, bread and Christ, is unstable in all his ways. And let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the law. Let's go back. Let's go back. And not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment. There is no nourishment for your spirit in bread. Jesus already told you when you eat it, you go to toilet. It perishes with the using. Ministered and knit together. Increased with the increase of God. Now listen to verse 20 carefully. Wherefore? Uh, wherefore? If you be dead with Christ from, 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 from the rudiments of the world. Why as though living in the world you are subject to ordinances. Put your finger there. Let's see what Paul meant by subject to ordinances. Exodus 12, 13. Exodus 12, 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Now next verse, pay attention. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. And you shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance. So the communion or the Passover is an ordinance. So Paul now said in Colossians 2.20 Put it up. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why? As though living in the world are ye subject to ordinances. Why are you still romancing shadows? Carrying Zobo? Carrying? Next verse. 21. Touch not, taste not, handle not. Next verse. Which all are to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men. Once a law has been fulfilled by Christ and you teach it, it is a doctrine of men. Next verse. Which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will worship and humility. And neglecting of the body. Not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Next verse. If he then be risen with Christ. Leave zobo and bread. Seek those things which are above. Where Christ seated 
on the right hand of God. Glory to God. Teaching good tonight. I say teaching good tonight. So people still doing ordinances today. They go for swimming exercise. They call it baptism. They go and eat bread and zobo. They call it communion. I'm not surprised. When people are supposed to be grounded in revelation knowledge. In the revelation of the New Testament, they are still struggling with whether we should eat or not eat. The more you engage in rituals, the more you are away from the reality. If you allow somebody to take you from swimming or to take you for swimming, you will never come to the reality. Never. John, the greatest baptizer. Who is the greatest baptizer? He even baptized Jesus. Is there anybody greater than that? <laughs> John, the greatest baptizer said, after me, commit a greater. So there's something greater than baptism. After me, commit a greater than I. I cannot lose his shoe. So there's something greater than baptism. Matthew 3, 11. La batata. Something greater than water. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I. Whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He will not use water. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. He will not use water. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Then Jesus showed up. What did Jesus say when he showed up after John? Acts chapter 1 verse 5. Acts chapter 1 verse 5. For John truly baptized with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days. Why? It is no more John that is here. Jesus is here. I don't use water. I use Holy Ghost. Look at Paul talking. 1 Corinthians 1.17. Neman Tolotos. 1 Corinthians 1.17. For Christ sent me not to baptize. Christ sent me not to baptize. So baptism is not in the mission of the church. Christ sent me not to baptize. But to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words. Why? Because if I baptize, the cross of Christ will be made of non-effect. If I baptize, the cross of Christ will be made of non-effect. Because the more you are swimming as your revelation of Jesus, the farther you are from revelation knowledge. He said, I'm not going to baptize you because if I baptize you, it will make the cross of Christ of non-effect. This is brother Paul speaking. Lest the cross should be of non-effect. Because if we are preaching the reality of redemption today and still going to swimming pool to baptize and saying, are you ready to confess Jesus? Yes. Are you sure you are ready to confess Jesus? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You put him in the water. Then why did Jesus die? If he has to die. If he has to die inside water, why did Jesus die? He did not die to continue the ordinances. He died to fulfill it. It's been fulfilled and taken out. First Corinthians 12 13. First Corinthians 12 13. For by one spirit, by one what? Spirit, are we all baptized, not by water, by one spirit, are we all baptized into one body? Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. The New Testament is a testament of the spirit. It's not a testament of physical articles. We have been baptized. We have put on Christ as a garment. Galatians 3.27 We have been baptized. We have put on Christ as a garment. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. As many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is only one baptism. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 5. Only one baptism. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One baptism. 
Because if you are saying baptism of water, baptism of the Holy Spirit, baptism of the word, baptism of suffering, you are more confused than the Old Testament people. You are more confused than them. There's only one baptism. Only one. Because baptism implies identification. So once you are into Christ, you are baptized into Christ. Today, by the Holy Ghost, we now have the washing of regeneration. By the Holy Ghost. The washing, the washing, the washing of regeneration by the Holy Ghost. Not by water. Titus 3.5. Let me close with that. Titus chapter 3 verse 5. Zebadogada. Not by works of righteousness which we have done. But according to his mercy he saved us. How? By the washing of regeneration. How? A renewing of the Holy Ghost. Our washing is a spirit washing. It's not a river washing. It's not a river Jordan something. You know, over the river Jordan. It's not a river Jordan something. It's a spirit something. We are made to drink into one spirit. We are washed by the regeneration of the Holy Ghost. We are born of water, which is born of the spirit. Stand on your feet. Glory to God. Amen. Father, we pray for everybody connected to the service online, on television, in our campuses, on radio tonight, that this light shines beyond anywhere darkness can make noise. We decree that the light is shining in nations, shining in the hearts of men, shining in the hearts of ministers of the gospel. The glorious light of the gospel is shining in the dark places of the earth. Lord, we rejoice that the word of the Lord is growing mightily and prevailing in the nations. The word of the Lord is growing mightily and prevailing in our communities. The word of the Lord is growing mightily and prevailing in our hearts in the name of Jesus. That above all, the revelation of Jesus grows Big on your inside until nothing else matters. And I give you praise for answered prayer in Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Glory to God. Oh my goodness, I'm excited. Are you blessed tonight or what? I'm, I'm a Oh, what a service tonight. Can we make some crazy Holy Ghost noise in this building? Glory! Glory! Amen! Woo! Yeah, I tell you. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm joining Mr. Michael Bush in the next two minutes, but I want to take your offerings. Every time we get the word, we honor the word. We are a people of honor. Honor is our culture. We honor Christ, we honor his work, and we honor our responsibility to flood the earth with the truth of Jesus Christ. So I'd like you to grab an offering wherever you're watching. The banking details are scrolling. The radio audience, Mr. Michael Bush will read the banking details in another two minutes from now. But everybody else on television, online, wherever you're watching, grab an offering. Let's honor Christ tonight as we give and celebrate what Christ has done for us. Father, thank you for everybody giving tonight. We give in faith, we give with joy, and we give so that this world continues to advance through the nations of the earth. We want to thank you, Lord, that through our givings today... The word of God is gaining grounds and disciples are being raised. Ministers have been equipped and the kingdom of God is advancing all over the nations of the earth. I pray for everyone giving. My God supplies all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And I declare your needs met supernaturally. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. And I decree for everyone connected to the service, grace abound to us, all of you. You have sufficiency in all things. You abound unto every good work. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that, amen, on a note of finality. Amen. Listen to me. I'm joining Mr. Michael Bush right now. And we're going to be answering your questions and interacting on phone and all of that. But remember, tomorrow I'm preaching live at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. At 11 a.m. GMT plus one tomorrow morning, Mr. Bush will join me. But the first service is going to be full word teaching. And then the second service, Mr. Michael Bush will join me at 11 a.m. And we will go again and have a wonderful time of teaching, answering calls, and answering your questions. Hey, guys, we love you. It's a joy always being with you. Invite more people to this segment as we connect the other studio. And until I see you over on the other side, enjoy Christ. Let's celebrate viewers around the world. Praise God forever. Amen. By this message. For these 
other messages and books by Dr. Abel Damina. Please call plus 234-866-800-9939 or email powercityoffice at gmail.com. This is 60 Days of Glory, a Power City International Initiative, coming to you from Uyo, Akwaibom State, Nigeria. When you are born by God, you cannot enter God's mouth and say, I don't want to be a Christian. 